and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and examines how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and I am delighted to welcome back our Equality and Diversity Advisor, Adrian Louis, onto the podcast to talk about the Call It Racism campaign at GCU and what students and staff at the university can do to call out racist behaviour on campus. Adrian, it's brilliant to talk to you again. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Craig. Pleasure to be here. Now, let's start off by talking about this campaign. What is the Call It Racism campaign? It's a new campaign that builds on our existing work. We've been um, focusing as a university on tackling racism for the last two years now. And it's come to a stage where we've done a lot of the background work, a lot of the research, a lot of the consultation and evidence gathering. And now it's time to surface something that is much more visible and out there and um, hard hitting for particularly our student community to not just look at, but to think about and, and to provoke reactions, discussion, um, conversations about race and racism, because we, we feel that um, now is the time to, to have those conversations if we're really serious about tackling racism. Why is now the right time to be doing this? Well, globally, um, we, we are in a unique situation as, as well as the pandemic. You know, over the past couple of years, we've had the latest iteration of Black Lives Matter, Although that happened in the United States, it had a massive ripple effect across the globe and, and it touched the UK as well, and in particular higher education. So, you know, it sparked off lots of discussion about academia, about learning and teaching, about student identity uh, experiences and so on. So there, there's that element and it, it's about building on that, that momentum. And unfortunately, although, you know, in some respects, things have got better you know over the past couple of decades that, that I've been involved in this work unfortunately um, the issue of racism overt and more hidden is, is still an issue in society in sports in entertainment so you know it's it's something that's unfortunately still always in the headlines and I think it's important that, that our staff and students as educators as um, innovators managers, decision makers in the future, that, that they are racially literate, that they have this ability to confidently talk about race and racism. Now, back in 2021, we recorded a Common Good podcast with Dr. Talim Bataleb, and we spoke about racism in the higher education sector, and it's probably perhaps worthwhile revisiting some of the things that we discussed then. How big an issue is racism within Glasgow Caledonia University and the higher education sector as a whole? That's a very good question. I have to be very honest um, in my kind of assessment. So I think as a starting point, we, we, are, we are complacent about the issue. Um, in one sense, we kind of hide behind the fact that you know, we're, we're a place for education and, and we are educated people as, as staff and students, and we should know better than to exhibit racist behavior or, or use racist language. So we kind of, that's, that's my starting point is that, that there's sometimes a and ignorance of the issue. So if we if we just leave that to one side and focus on, on the evidence, the Equality and Human Rights Commission ran uh, an inquiry into racial harassment in, in higher education a couple of years ago. So, you know, they don't do these things lightly. Um, as, as you may know, they, they 
um, governing body in Great Britain for equality. So if they think there's an issue for a sector, they will go and investigate so that they've got a, a kind of policing role in that sense. So they were concerned enough to look in, into the, the higher education sector in, in a much deeper way. And they, yes, surprise, surprise, they found that there was a, a an issue. So, you know, it's not something that's necessarily a big problem at GCU, and it's maybe reflected in, in our common goods uh, mission and, and you know, where we are at and who we are and what we stand for. And I think that's a good place to be. But I don't think we can hide from the fact that we're not immune from the same situation as the rest of society because our, our staff and student community are, are, are from from society. So you know, just because we've got um, a, a good track record in equalities genuinely, authentically doesn't mean that racism isn't an issue so I wouldn't say it's a it's a big problem but I, I wouldn't I, I would also say that it's not something that we should be saying doesn't exist if, course, if that makes sense. So how, how does racism then manifest itself because we've heard terms such as microaggressions unconscious bias but what do they mean and, and what do they mean within the context of this university? Another good question Craig I think um We've again, my starting point is always what I would call an old school definition of, of racism is probably the, the, the common sense notion. So certainly when I was growing up in, in the uh, 1980s, racism was very much uh, a bad act that someone did or it was something that someone said to you in the playground, in the street and, and, and so on. So that is probably what most people understand racism is it's that bad act yeah bad language that's used in more recent times and certainly um, when we've been focusing more on the the, the global focus on, on on racism it's clear to me and to practitioners um, that work in this area that it isn't just about the things that we see and hear it's also the more invisible actions or lack of action or the language that's used maybe innocuously and, and in an innocent, non-malicious way, sometimes with good intent. And you've mentioned microaggressions as an example of that. So it might be comments about somebody's accent or skin colour or hairstyle or food that they eat. And, you know, these aren't, in, in the old school terminology, aren't, aren't necessarily seen as racist. But from the recipient's point of view, if they are on the receiving end of these types of comments, it can be received negatively and have a negative impact on people. So I think it's about shifting uh, our notions about what racism is to uh, cover a much wider expanse and, and a bigger definition. That's a very good definition of what it is, but I can imagine it's a, a very difficult subject for students and staff who have experienced racism to bring up with the programme leaders or the line managers. Absolutely, and I think, Certainly in my experience professionally and, and having worked on, on the internal and external projects over the last couple of years um, with GCU colleagues and, and worked with colleagues in the rest of the sector, there is a need to build people's confidence who are either victims or on the receiving end of things like microaggressions. And we've seen with you know a parallel movement, I, I would call it in, in Me Too and, and sexual harassment, gender-based violence, et cetera, that 
it takes time and it takes, I guess, a universal commitment for people to then feel comfortable in, in coming forward. Because at the moment, we're still in this position where uh, if someone's been on, on the receiving end of, of racist behaviour, either overt or, or more subtle, people aren't, aren't coming forward because they think I'm not going to want to make a complaint. I don't want to cause trouble. I, I don't want my marks to be affected. I don't want my working relationships to be affected. So it's better to keep silent. And we saw that with Me Too where people kept silent for, for you know, years, decades, even in, in some uh, examples where you know, people were suppressing those, those experiences and only with a sort of global movement have people felt confident in disclosing, for want of a better term, their, their experiences. So I would see a similar process for this, and this is why I call it racism and, and the campaign that we're talking about here. It's important to build that confidence and raise that awareness so that people can feel safe. They, they, they feel um, that GCU is taking this seriously and it's not going to be brushed under the carpet. Yeah, that leads me nicely on to my next question, Adrian. This, the Call It Racism campaign, what fundamentally do we want it to achieve? We want the campaign to provoke, to um, be aware of what different types of racism looks like. So we want to raise that awareness. We want people to um, be comfortable and, and be able to talk about um, race and racism in an everyday context. So it's not seen as a taboo subject. Again, the parallel I would use is around mental health and well-being. Maybe a decade ago, people would be very reluctant to open up about how they were feeling and, and, and aspects of, of that mental health and well-being spectrum. And I think the purpose of this campaign is to get people in a place where they are comfortable and as, as this work develops, um, confident in, in talking about race and racism so that it's, it's part of their everyday toolkit, their everyday language, and they can bring it into their, their professional uh, spheres. So whether, you know, there are students studying to be a nurse or they're a senior manager, you know, managing teams and, and, and resources, you know, they can build in these, these conversations as part of everyday considerations. Let's look at our students, Adrian. What kind of training and support are we going to be providing them with this campaign? So support is, is a really um, important aspect of all of this. One of the big developments recently um, that the university has invested in is the report and support tool. So for students experiencing racism or any other form of inappropriate behaviour, there is a, a report and support online tool that allows for uh, incidents to, to be reported and people can, students can do this anonymously if they wish as well so they can feel safe and, and they're not going to be sort of exposed in that sense. There's a wider set of training that, that we will be launching to staff and students um, as, as this campaign develops so you know we've, we've committed to doing that as part of the early phases so as well as the, the messages that students will be getting in terms of the call racism banners and, and posters etc uh, later on in the year we will be opening up online training courses both for staff and students to learn more about what race is um, and racial bias so that they can just find out more and, and, and spend a bit more development time learning about the issues. 
Will there be any difference as what students will be provided with compared to staff or as the, the call race on campaign will it provide them with similar training and support? It'll be similar. So the, the kind of engagement might be different. So in, in the student experience, we might expect them to embed it as part of their learning, it might be integrated into classroom discussions. For staff, it will be um, certainly recommended as part of their, their staff development. So the, the kind of raw materials, if you like, will be the same, but you know how people approach it and how they use it will slightly differ between staff and students. Tell me about the working group, Adrian, that's helping to drive this campaign. Who is involved in it? Who's it made up of? So we've got a range of people on our Tackling Racism at GCU group, um, consisting of, of staff and students. Um, different perspectives in terms of different ethnic backgrounds, different um, na uh, nationalities, different academic disciplines as well, and different grades and, and functions. So we've got a really good um, cross-section of, of GCU life uh, representing our group and I think that's really benefited the, the the work here at the university because it's provided a real proper diverse range of perspectives and, and inputs. You mentioned there about the, the diverse range of inputs and perspectives how are they helping to feed in to this campaign what have they been able to provide? The campaign itself um, was developed externally by Advance HD. So I was part of a, a project group that worked with diverse colleagues from the college and university sector externally to develop the, the core um, look and feel of calling racism, where we've internally um, sort of fine-tuned it. So the, the, some of the messages on the posters, for example, we have used that internal voice and expertise and lived experience to, to kind of fine-tune it to make sure it's relevant to the GCU audience because we're, we were very aware that we didn't want a one-size-fits-all that we just took off the shelf. So, so in that respect, the GCU group, through its you know, very diverse perspectives, have you know, sort of hand-picked how they feel that the campaign should run and certainly have what the messages are contained within those posters. So how are we communicating this campaign? Tell me about some of the things that we're likely to see around campus. So we will see um, the physical banners all around campus. Um, so that gives it a real stunning visual and hard-hitting presence uh, in the same way that um, we've seen uh, with Erase the Grey, which was an equally powerful <laughs> campaign around gender-based violence and, and has you know, really grown in its stature and uh, presence, uh, both within the higher education sector and beyond. So we've used the precedence of Erase the Grey to try and replicate that, that powerful message that people can see visually, complementing that on-campus presence. Uh, of course, we're still in a situation where many of us are working online or we might be working in a hybrid sense. So there will be a digital version of the campaign that um, will be utilised across things like social media and, and other digital platforms as well. So just to make sure that we are inclusive of, of how people consume and, and receive these types of messages. The campaign's just launching shortly, Adrian, but what are your hopes four, five, six, seven months down the line. This isn't just a one-off campaign. And, you know, there is a risk, there's a danger that we, we, we run these and then when the banners get taken down, we forget about it um, until uh, something happens, usually something negative happens to say, well, we 
we better do something about race and racism. So, you know, it's about being proactive and, and making sure that we keep the momentum going. So even though those banners and, and the hashtags might not be in, in the forefront of our thinking, it might not be you know, something we see every day in the long term, it's up to us uh, as individuals to, to keep those conversations going, to, to keep the visibility of, of those posters going if, if they're not actually visible on campus. Now, Adrian, students, staff, other people from the GC community who are listening to this podcast, what do you want them to take away from this? As I said earlier, I mean, I think if, if this is a new topic for them uh, or if it's a topic that they feel it's hard to, to approach, I think it's a real call to action to expand our own comfort zones if, if we're in that situation so that we can, as I said earlier, try and be a bit more confident talking about race and racism. I think ultimately, though, um, once people have, are, are, are at a certain level of comfort, that they can articulate and be, again, my, my, my phrase is being racially literate. Beyond that sort of basic requirement, I would ask people to take ownership and take responsibility. So this isn't a project or an initiative that, that's owned by Tackling Racism Group or, or me um, in, in my position, it's something that the whole university should be embracing and, and taking note of um, because we all have a role to play. We, we say this phrase a lot when it comes to things around equality, diversity and inclusion. You know, it could be gender-based violence, it could be mental health, it could be disability. We, we, we talk a lot about um, taking a, an institution-wide approach to making sure that we are inclusive. So, so this is very much in that territory, Craig, where it's not one person's job, but it's not one group's role, it's everybody's responsibility. So that would be my ultimate call to action is that staff and students looking at the campaign and, and reading the, the kind of supporting materials that they see themselves as part of the conversations as well. Adrian, that was excellent. Thank you very much for speaking to me today. Thank you, Craig. It's always great to speak with you. So thanks for having me. Now, pleasure's all mine. And I would also like to take the opportunity to thank everyone for listening to this podcast and for continuing to support it. I hope you'll be able to join us again very soon when we'll be in conversation with another member of the GCU community. But in the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast so you get every single episode sent straight to your listening device. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else. And if you'd give us a five-star review while you're at it, that would be tremendously helpful too. Until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Mm -hmm.